What is up, guys? We're back at it with the School of Hard Knocks podcast. We got episode 41. You got Coach Rod, Coach Max. What's up, y'all? And for today's episode, guys, we got a a special guest kind of going a little bit off topic the way we usually do. Instead of presenting our normal fitness-related, life-related, leadership-related stuff that we go over with y'all today, we got a... uh, a special guest that that holds a huge place in my heart in my life, guys. One of the, one of my mentors, still still to this day, um, and uh, just someone that I really look up to, and I've always looked up to over the years. So, uh, the individual uh, that we have the honor of having on the show show today, he's a graduate of Rowan University out of New Jersey. Um, He's also a graduate of University of West Florida, where he got his master's degree and also was a graduate assistant for the strength and conditioning department there. He's had his dibs in being a strength and conditioning coach at various schools, going from the West Coast to the East Coast, uh, the Midwest as well, too. He's had stints with Alabama. Um, he's had a time at University of Louisville. He had his time at Samford University had a go with Colorado State, and then now Maryland is his home where he's the head strength conditioning coach for football at the University of Maryland, the Terps, baby. What's going on, Mr. Coach Ryan Davis? What's up, Hot Rod? How we doing today, man? We're doing good, brother. Always, man. It's a pleasure to have you on the cast, man. Max is all smiles right now, too, bro. <laughs> man, What's up, what? Coach? How we doing, Max? It's an it's an honor to be here, man. And I I uh, I think the world about Rodney and and everything that you've been able to do in your industry. And I, I've loved, you know, kind of watching you grow everything from afar and and being able to be be your fan. So, you know, big kudos to everything that you're doing out there, man. And I'm fired up for you, but I'm excited to be here with you today. Appreciate that, Coach. Yeah, man. Me me and Max were actually uh right before we started the podcast, man, I was just sharing some stories with him and stuff like that. And, and I was, uh, I was telling him one about how you had, uh, when we're, I think we might've been at the house on 212 craft street, dude. <laughs> and, uh, good times there, man. And, we, and, uh, I, I, I told him kind of where you're at now, you had expressed and told me already that you were going to end up in this position one day and kind of the, kind of the route that you were going to take and what you were going to do, man. And it's awesome to see. I mean, we're, I would say what, we're about 10 years down the road already since we've been at UWF yeah, at I least. Think, I think our last, uh, our last time on craft street was 2009. Wow, man. 2008 so. or 2009. So yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's been a minute and I still ride by that place. I still ride by and look at that place and, and, uh, reminisce on some of the times that we had there but without that without the experience there i definitely wouldn't be where i am today yeah man you're right bro you're right man you, you know what coach and that's something that i want to get into real quick man so uh for those that are listening to the show uh just going to give us a little background on yourself man and where you come from and what you've done and how you've gotten to where you've gotten <clears throat> so the the nickel version um you know, when I got out of college, I, I, I always grew up as a part of um, moving furniture. And it's crazy because I got an undergrad degree in exercise science and, and uh, thought that I was going to go and run this business. And I did it for a few years out of college. I made way too much money for how old I was and had no idea how to manage it. But 
at the end of the day, I was really, really unhappy in what I was doing and I was very unfulfilled. And so I was actually coming back on a trip from, from uh, Waco, Texas. Wow. I was heading back to Jersey and I, I stopped in North Carolina and I had this like come to Jesus moment that I was going to get out of this industry and I was going to go chase after what I wanted. And so I, I gave up, I, I think it was probably two or three weeks later, I gave up my position in the company and, and um, I, I didn't take any money for this. I didn't want any buyout. Um, I was partnered with my brother. I wanted him to be successful and, and I didn't want to put a burden on him. Um, but I also wanted to prove to myself that I could do what I was saying I wanted to do. And I didn't want a way out. I didn't want a plan B. And so I had all my, my eggs in this basket and I went back to Rowan. I started as an intern there. I got a graduate assistantship at the University of West Florida. And even with that, it wasn't in, it wasn't solely in strength and conditioning. I split time with campus recreation and I did the other half of my time with strength and conditioning. And that led to an internship at Alabama, which then led to, you know, the full-time position at Louisville. It led to me going back to Alabama. And, and I guess for the listeners, I'll say this, and this is crazy because when I got to Sanford, um, I left Alabama to go to Sanford for my first head job. Yeah. And the DFO at the time, his name is Jay Chapman, and he right now works at the University of Georgia. But the first time I met him, he said to me, he looked at me and he said, your time at Alabama will forever dictate your career. Wow. And man. I was like, I was like, what are you talking about, man? You know, like I was young and hardheaded and I'm like, this guy has no clue. Well, I am now at the University of Maryland and got here in, in 2012. I'm sorry, 2019. Me getting this job had everything to do with how I handled my internship in 2009 and how I handled my business there from, from uh, 2009 to 2012. And I, when I got the job, I thought about Jay Chapman and I went, who would have ever thought that 10 years later, uh, I'm having an opportunity because of the time that I spent in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, man. That's, that's, uh, I mean, those are lessons you learn along the way and stuff like that. And, and I know you're, you're huge on building relationships. Like that's, that's, that's at the core where I think a lot of this starts and how you've gotten to where you've gotten and stuff like that. And that's kind of what I want to want to get into next. You know what I mean? Is, and from the prior experiences living with you, being around you and stuff like that, I would say that even before you mentioned or I heard you talking about relationships and stuff like that, it was just a natural thing that you established that you knew was at the core of getting to where you had to get to, you know? So, yeah, yeah like how important would you say that is, Coach? And I, <clears throat> so we, we work off of these, um, for my staff, I call them guiding principles and really what they are, core values, but I say guiding principles because these things should really guide every decision and dictate every decision that you make. But number one up there, it says success is built on relationships. I tell my staff every time I tell the people in our program, like, I don't know a single person in the history of the planet that's ever gone after something worth going after and did it on their own. I just don't know of one. I know that people help us. We're able to achieve things because people help along the way and they, and they step in and, you know, I had a coach that always said that great, great men are, are great because they stand on other men's shoulders. And he was talking about kind of our profession with coaching. And, 
you know, I think I could say great people. It's not just men, but great people are in positions they're in because at some point somebody's allowed them to stand on their shoulders. And so, yeah, you're right. Man. I, I put a lot of value into relationships, how you treat people. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think you can demand respect from others unless it's something that you give all the time. So I, I think there's a high value in how you treat people in the relationships that you have around you. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that that's that's really awesome, Coach. It sounds like the golden rule, man. You know, treat others the way you would like to be treated. That's right. That's and right. things kind of fall along, man. It's pretty cool because I've kind of caught myself, you know, really valuing that aspect now. Um, I've been coaching for about a decade now in, in different scenarios, mainly like CrossFit and strength and conditioning gyms. And... Um, the, the skill level, you know, you can read the books, you read the research, you practice on yourself, you know, the exercise movements and stuff like that. But the soft skills, you know, the relationships, the rapport, all that stuff is like, I think more of the pie. Yep. I feel like it's like 90% relationship, 10% skill or something, you know what yeah. I mean? And um, it's kind of cool that you're doing that on a level with, with these athletes that are, man, coming from all walks of life. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, we obviously get the opportunity to work with a lot of different people, but it's um, at the end of the day, our job is directly dependent on the relationship with the ones that we work with. So, you know, if the guys don't trust me and they don't trust what I say and, and it doesn't matter how smart I am or what that program says on paper, how they carry that program out is going to be a direct reflection of their relationship with me and the staff. So I think it takes some of us a little while to understand that. And I know for me personally, there's a long time where I wanted to be the smartest guy in the room. And now one of my rules is everybody I hire is smarter than me because that's the only way that I'm smarter, man. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like going back to, uh, you know, the, the people you hang around with, like the five people, like if you hang around with five smart people, you're going to be the sixth one. You That's know? right. Um, and coach, going into that, like, obviously our scenario is a little different. You know, we're dealing, we're not dealing with elite athletes. You know, we're dealing with, you know, at Hard Knocks, the average Joe, you know, the, the, the soccer mom, the grandma, the grandpas and things like that. And uh, we're just trying to be a good influence in their lives and, I heard a couple of podcasts that you were talking about creating the buy-in mm -hmm. and what would you suggest, or maybe is there anything from maybe the things that maybe you work with your athletes that Rodney and I could take to kind of our athletes, like to create maybe some more buy-in to get them to trust us, man. Cause we're really trying to teach them everything we know, man, from the bottom of our hearts. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think, and I've followed what, what Rodney's done here for a while, but I think it comes down to, like, what can you do for people that gets in the game their trust? And I'm, I'm not talking about, like, your population is paying you to, they're paying you for service. Yeah. Yes, sir. What else are they getting from you? You know, I know some of the stuff, Rodney and I have shared stories about what you guys have done, uh, like, over the quarantine, where you loaned out equipment to people. Like, those are the things that people remember. They're not going to remember the stuff that happens necessarily in the gym. They're going to remember the stuff that you did above and beyond for them, because at the end of the day, they, they are. They, what they want to be is they want to be in membership with you. 
Yeah, like, man, you're right. Somebody said this to me. Uh, I was going through an organizational leadership course last year, and they said this to me. They said, have you ever met somebody that's quit on a company? And I really didn't understand the question. Uh, and and we started to dive into it. And basically what they got to is that they people don't quit on companies. They quit on people. Yeah, you're right. And it's based mm -hmm. on how those people treat them or situations those people put them in. But it's not like I'm going to quit Verizon because I hate Verizon. Really? You hate Verizon like you hate Verizon service? You dive into that. What are they going to get to? It's going to come down to the people. Like, yeah, you're right. So people want to be in relationship with you. Yeah, they want to train. They want to get better. They have goals and everything that they want to meet. But at the end of the day, they really are looking for the relationship piece with what's behind the company. That's what I believe, at least. Yeah, man. And you're, I mean, you, you hit the nail right on the head with that, Coach, you know. And and I would say that this, man, and uh, this is a talk I've had, I mean, we have with the team and the staff. And, and we have an awesome team down here at HK, man. They're all very driven, uh, very present individuals that are willing to go out of their way for the members and stuff like that. And I think that's what's helped us build the success that we've had up to this point, you know what I mean? And at, and at the core of it is the relationships that we've built. It's not just a place where you go in, go get your workout done in the hour and then you leave. I mean, people literally live at the gym, you know what I mean? They go in, uh, we've had people get married through the gym that have yep. met there that got kids now and stuff. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things where, uh, the older that I've gotten and the more time that I've spent and the more I've gotten in tune with myself to think of like, what is it that needs to keep this place going? You know I mean? And of course, establishing the team because without them, we're nothing, you know I mean? Without the members, we're nothing as well too, but it's being present a hundred percent of the time when we're there and just seeking out a little bit more than what it is than just the workout for the day. So going up to someone, asking them, How's it going following up with the conversation you had two or three days ago? So you know that you were paying attention at that point, you know what I mean? Uh, and being vulnerable with them as well, too. You know what I mean? I, and I know that's something that you're big on as well, too. And I think we're in the perfect setting where there's vulnerability everywhere, especially throughout a workout, especially after you get done. You know what I mean? People are laying on the floor sweating. They're making faces. <laughs> probably, probably normal noises you wouldn't make if you were – at ease, you know what I mean? So that's the perfect time to really build those things. And I feel like that's what's helped us out over the years. You know what I mean? So I agree. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, man. So I know with your dem with your demographics coach, it's um uh, I mean you're you're working with with 18, 19, 20, 21 year old guys that are that come from all walks of life, you know what I mean? Um what what's what's been the hardest thing for you to accomplish with them when it comes to relationships and stuff like that? Like, ha has there been anything that's been hard for you to push forward with? Uh, or has it always been like an easygoing thing where it's just, it's just like the ABCs for you and you just make it happen? No, it's, it's, you know, relationship is dynamic. It's always changing. And uh, it's always a challenge because it, it's such a dynamic thing. So I think for me, taking over here at the University of Maryland, um, obviously the, the, the kids here had some trust issues when we got in. Um, they 
it was tough because I think they were, as they were learning me and I was learning them, they kind of felt like, when's the other shoe going to drop or when's he going to change or yeah, it, you can't rush it. You can't rush the relationship with people because it, it takes time. And um, it took me some time with these guys. And so now it, it's something that it's, it's so sacred and important to me that you don't ever want to lose it. Right. So you have to continually work to gain their trust because as the old saying goes, it'll take a lifetime to build, but it takes one second to tear down. Yeah, you're right. And you want to make sure that what you're doing is, is strengthening your relationship and that it's, it's not, you know, affecting it negatively. And that's, again, it's, I, in my opinion, I think that's always a challenge. It's a challenge for all of us. Yeah, you're right. You know, we, I heard a coach say this one time, he said, um, you know how at the end of the day, athletes want to be loved. You know how to spell love. Of course, everybody's like L-O-V-E. And he said, no, it's spelled T-I-M-E. T-I-M-E, yeah. And that's, yep. a, rem- that's a reminder that relationships take time. It's, it's not a high buy like see you later. It's an yep. intentional investment that you're putting into people. So, you know, how's it challenging me? Well, I've, I have 120. You know, I, I got 120. And when you work your way through the roster, you you start over and do it again. So yep. you're, you're always trying to move through to invest time with people so you can keep that relationship where it needs to be. Yeah. 100%, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. I can kind of see where you're coming at there, Coach, because we uh, try our best to find that time, like either whether it's before class or after class with the athletes there, just asking them either how their day is going or how the workout went. And just that little time, man, of just talking to that individual, you get to learn a little bit about them and then build a relationship off that, man. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, but what, what, what we also kind of want to know, Coach, is like since this uh, podcast is also for like strength coaches who may be up and coming and, you know, they want to they wanna pursue this career um, – what what's like a day in the life for you at at Maryland University, man? Like like what time do you wake up and what time do you go to sleep, man? Well, um, that's kind of like a loaded question. It really depends on the time of year, but um, I've got a pretty good at the University of Maryland, and for my head coach Mike Loxley, um, today you know we're in spring football, so today um, I was out of the house by probably quarter to five, uh, was in the office here. We had our first staff meeting of the day at, at 545. We had our first lift of the day at six. We had four groups. We just finished up. We get a small break here where the staff is out on the floor training or doing a staff development during this time. At 215, the players will start meetings, um, and they'll go until about 445, 5 o'clock. So today we actually get off a little bit early. And it's cool because you can try to get around and like, you know, pick up your dry cleaning or get your mail when the sun's still out. Like all that yeah. stuff is pretty cool. The normal stuff. Yep. The normal <laughs> stuff. So um, it, it just depends, but they're long days, you know, it's, they're long days and it's, it's, it's a demanding job. And um, I think the biggest lesson that I try to get across to my interns is like, look, if you're, if you're doing this, to um, 
for the 12 Saturdays in the fall, then your why is not going to be big enough to keep you motivated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's gotta be for more than that. And, um, there are challenges that come up that they're not easy to deal with because at the end of the day, we're dealing with people, right? So it's the challenges happen at all hours of the night. Yeah. But mm -hmm. what makes it worth it is when you know that you can help one of these guys get from where they are to where they want to go. And, you know, when you watch their, their habits and their behaviors start to change and, they really start to mature and develop. Like at the end of the day, that's really what makes it worth it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, most definitely. Yeah, we kind of relate to that when we see athletes learning a new skill, you know, and you put them on a dumbbell push press and now they're doing a barbell push press. You know, it's yeah. it's pretty cool, man. It's those little moments that that are, I don't know, they, they create like a lot of wealth, you know. Um, that's why I do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, now, do you program individually coach or does, does every athlete have their own program or does, does... <laughs> no no we don't we don't do and any i think any college strength coach that tells you they do i think is lying to you but we, <laughs> we don't do 120 individual programs now what we'll do is we'll individualize the training so I see. if the movement of the day is a you know if one of our big movements is a hand clean and we have a guy that can't do it or he's got some type of limitation or restriction you know, then you go back, you look at the purpose of the movement and you may put something else in there where it's a pull from the ground or it's a, you know, a kettlebell swing or something like that. But we'll individualize stuff based on position groups and based on need. But at the end of the day, we're no, we're not doing 120 completely different programs. Yeah, that would be insane, right? <laughs> I don't know how you can do that really well, but oh, yeah. I'm sure somebody out there says that they do that. <laughs> Hey, Ryan, I was going to ask you, man, too. So um, I I think and we're in two completely di di different settings when it comes to our field. You know what I mean? And um, <clears throat> and I would say that and this is kind of a, a a quote that I go by when I think of the gym and what it's done for myself and think about you and think about everyone else that's kind of involved in this scene that we're in, the coaches on my staff and things like that, you know, and one of the biggest things, man, is, uh, and we're here to develop people in every aspect and way to become better human beings than they were the day before. And I think we're in the perfect opportunity to make that ha happen every day. You know, we have, uh, we have every chance, every opportunity to do it. And I think that's one of the, that's a mindset that every coach needs to get into is that it's just more of, of the X and the O's and the sets and the reps and velocities and all this stuff that we measure and we kind of try to keep track of. But uh, I always say, man, that within the walls of a gym, whether it's a strength conditioning facility, whether it's your YMCA, whether it's hard knocks, whatever it may be, there's a lot of life lessons that you can learn within a gym, you know what I mean? Or within a facility that you're in. Uh, and especially if you get involved with those coaches and those strength coaches that are around you and stuff like that, there's a lot to learn, man. It's all about developing these young male athletes that y'all have within your doors. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the approach that we have at Hard Knocks as well, too. You know what I mean? That's right. Uh, to learn integrity, loyalty, confidences gained, humility. I mean, all those great traits that we're after and we seek out as human beings. You know what I mean? These are things that we preach to our community and our and kind of our population as well too. So 
Yeah, it's good stuff, coach. Absolutely. All the intangibles. Yeah, man, of course, of course. Um, going into training and stuff like that, I know Coach Max asked you right now about the individualization of training and stuff like that, and you all work with 120 kids, uh, and a lot of them are potentially going to go to the league. You know, I mean, at least that's their hope and their dream is to make it to the next level to train and stuff like that. And, uh, and when it comes to, like, recovery and stuff like that, I know you all have a top-tier facility that was just – um, a, a setup for you all over there. And the place is beautiful, man. I hope to visit it one, one of these days. But as far as recovery goes, I mean, I know these guys get after it. We follow you all. They're training their butts off. Uh, they're getting after it right now in spring ball, like you said. But what tools and methods do you all use for recovery pur purposes with them? Man, we, we kind of have everything, Rodney. So we, we've got, obviously, the cold tubs in the in the training room. We've got... Uh, we do massage therapy on the guys regularly. We've got the chiropractors that come in. We do all the soft tissue work inside the weight room. Uh, we're getting a we're getting a cryo room installed uh, in, in our facility, and um, we're actually looking into some infrared saunas too. So we kind of we kind of have almost every modality to get the guys' bodies back where they need to be to perform at an elite level. So um, we're we're kind of spoiled in that sense. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, that's pretty amazing. You got pretty much every tool as far as uh, recovery purposes goes. Yep. Do y'all mess with like the, the, I think it's called the Norma Deck, the, the boots? Yeah, we actually have a Norma Tech room. Oh, wow. So they oh, have, man. they have a movie theater style deal in the facility and, and um, there's Norma Techs at every one of the seats. Wow. Wow, man. Full body suit or what, coach? <laughs> no, just, just the legs and the uh, – they do some attachments for the ankle. They have one for like a nice uh, – I think they call it a nice unit where you can put it on like the shoulder, the elbow, the hand. So they pretty much got whatever you need. Yeah, nice. Now, do you see is, – is the recovery kind of based uh, like mandatory, coach, or like are the athletes pretty good at doing it on their own or has it got to force them to do it? No, the guys are pretty good, man, at, at taking care of it on their own. So we don't – Nice. A lot of what they have to do is mandatory, but you don't have to beg a guy to get in the Norma text. You know? <laughs> That's pretty cool to hear, man. Yeah, because over here we're trying to, you know, just uh, highlight the importance of recovery and how important it is for the body in order to train another day. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, Sometimes the maximum or high intensity can get mixed up with maximum intensity every day, you know, and um, a big part of what we're trying to do is just trying to teach our community just how to how to roller coaster throughout the week, you know, not go so high all the time. Take a little low to moderate day, you know, recover, stretch, do your thing, you know, so that way, again, joints and things like that feel good. So That's right. it's kind of cool to see and hear that uh, y'all are doing it at, at that level as well, man. So this is pretty cool. For sure. Definitely. Hey, Ron, I was going to ask you, man, too. So, um, and and I'm going to take it back a few years real quick, okay? Um, I mean, we got people that we follow along the years, man. And, and I know you're one of the ones that got me into, I mean, some of the greats, you know, I mean, in our field, Mike Boyle, Eric Cressy, the Joe Kens of our field and stuff like that. And, 
and and I and I still have this 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 very interesting topic that I spoke to you about when we're at our house back in Florida, man, and uh, we were talking about back back squats and single leg squats, and I know at the time uh, you were working with Ken Morgan at UWF at that time. Um, Mm -hmm. and uh you all would single leg squat a lot at that point right i believe so Mm -hmm. rear foot elevated squats and i remember having a discussion with you where we spoke about uh something that was called the bilateral deficit i believe yep and i think it's a term that mike ball coined or whatever it was i'm not sure if it was exactly his and stuff like that but it it's something that I use as well too with a lot of the high school athletes and some of the collegiate athletes that I work with and stuff, you know I mean? And, and we love back squats. We love axial lo- loaded squats, front squats, uh, all different types of bars that we use, whether it's a safety squat bar, camber bar, whatever it may be. But I also take them through these waves where we'll single leg squat instead, you know what I mean? So what's your, has your like belief kind of changed over the years on that? Or were you always a fan of like bilateral, actual loaded squats or is there a time and place for it well rodney we squat in our program and yeah so i mean we say we want guys to be able to hinge really well bend really well press really well and pull really well and that's kind of our four pillars right there of, of the different movement patterns um i like we we have a lot of single leg variations that we do yeah i do not however have a single leg variation that I think has replaced the back squat or the front squat for what we do in the game of football. Absolutely. I agree. Yep. And I just, you know, I think sometimes you have to put context with things. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I got the, I got to spend the weekend uh, about a month ago with uh, coach Tommy Moffitt, the absolute legend from spent 20 years at LSU and time in mm-hmm. Miami and worked for some of the best head coaches and has won at the highest level. And one of the things we were talking about was putting things in the context nowadays. So I'm not saying that training different sports has to look vastly different from one another. Yeah. What I am saying is when people speak or they present on things, I have to keep in the perspective that my job is to get a football team ready for battle. I got to get them ready to play. I'm not, I'm not training a softball team. I'm not training, you know, a track team or a hockey team, or I am training football. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear people speak and I hear people say things in, in the front of my mind, I always have in perspective the sport that I'm working with and what my job is in terms of getting them prepared. And if the person presenting the information, if that person and myself aren't in the same wheelhouse or don't have the same objectives, well, the information may not be as relevant for me as it is for them. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and yeah I, you're right on that. Yeah. I think Absolutely. Earlier in my career, I listened to what I wanted to research as much as I could. And I want to know what everybody was doing. Uh, you know, like, Again, I, part of that is because I wanted to be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, my mindset is more towards like, let's do simple better. Yeah, exactly, man. That makes perfect sense, you know. And that's, uh, I mean, that goes along the lines of less is more when it comes to strength and simple is better. You know what I mean? And uh, and, I, and I think 
it's very easy to veer off of that right now, especially, I mean, I mean, you see it everywhere, Ryan, you know, I mean, you see it on social media and stuff like that, man. And people, I would say, especially a lot of the younger coaches and stuff, I think it's like, it's just hard to get a grasp on what it is that you need to do. You know what I mean? But if you just make it simple and effective and I mean, you mentioned the perfect type of moving patterns, you know I mean? We want to push very good. We want to be able to pull very good. We want to be able to hinge very good. Uh, those should kind of be the pillars, like you said, around what you base your program off. Of. I mean, with whatever sport it may be at that point, you know, so um, and when I'm thinking, especially with a lot of the high school kids that I work with right now, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's kind of hard in the area that we're in, you know, I mean, uh, there is no real big strength conditioning jobs that are real close to us down here. And it's kind of hard for kids to get exposed or for those that are aspiring to get into this field to actually get out and to get out and get an internship or whatever it may be, you know what I mean? So one of the big things in our facility is when I'm working with these kids that could potentially go to the next level, whatever sport that it is, is kind of giving them that insight into, hey, like, if this is a field that you like and you love and you enjoy the training aspect of it and you know you're not going to be able to possibly play at the next level, whatever it may be, well, this is a potential career that you could create from it. And, and there's opportunities, maybe not in Brownsville itself, but the world is open to it and there's a plethora of it out there. You know what I mean? So. Yep. A lot of the big things that I like to preach to these kids, too, is letting them know, like, hey, everything we learn here are going to be tools and things that you could take on to the next level if you do go play. And one of my goals, Ryan, is to make their strength conditioning coaches job a lot easier once they get there. And I want their coach to be like, hey, I mean, you had a good coach back home where you were at or whatever it may be, you know. So, yep, absolutely. Yeah. I kind of catch myself on that too like trying to do simple better mm-hmm. you know i remember when i first started i was trying to do all the fancy things and all this cool shit but in reality it's keep it basic keep it simple and just try to do that very well and i found that that really works especially when i'm doing some type of rehab or something for a client um so yeah man i'm, I'm glad to hear that coming from a top-notch coach like yourself <laughs> well, i appreciate it yeah. Ryan, I got one more thing to ask you real quick, man. Before we go, I know you're a busy guy. Y'all got spring ball going on and stuff right now, but um there might be maybe an aspiring coach or young coach or maybe someone that's in their undergrad right now that might be listening to this podcast, you know, and this is something that I wish I would have had as I was going through my undergrad, you know what I mean? So uh to get to where you're at now or at least start the stepping stones, what would you recommend maybe an undergrad in exercise, a science, he's just getting through it, or he he, he or she, or any young aspiring strength conditioning coaches, what would be probably the top three best tips that you get, give them to get to this point? So I I think number one would be, I, I would always suggest an internship. And, you know, I know that right now in our field, it's like, People are like, whoa, everybody needs to be paid. They need to give them all this money. And I'm like, I don't really agree with that because I think you don't need to be paid until this is your profession. Mm -hmm. And here's what I mean by that. In my internship, one of the things it did for me is it really gave me the opportunity to see if this is what I wanted to do. So I didn't have to be all in with it. Like 
I had other stuff going on in my life and, you know, I was working other jobs, whatever. I think that's good for a person. I'm not saying I think it's good for somebody to work for free for the rest of their life. But I think for, for three to six months at, in one part of your life, I think it's worth it if you get to say, this is definitely what I want to do. This is 100% where my passion is. And I'm going to go all in with this. So I would say intern. The second thing I would say is, yeah, everybody should kind of work with the end in mind and work for the job you want and all that stuff. But one of my biggest regrets is not watering where my feet were more. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was so committed to wanting to run a program that I missed some of the great moments of being an assistant, you know, and when I was at West Florida as a GA, it, it was, it was one of the greatest times in my life. But at the time I didn't know that, you know, so I didn't enjoy it as much as I probably could have. When I was at Alabama, I had one of the best assistant jobs in the country and I was in a town that I loved to be in. But I really didn't get to enjoy it as much as I should have because I was so focused on the end game. And then yeah. what happens is, is then you get your opportunity as a head guy or head head gal. And, and all of a sudden you're inundated with responsibility and, and it's different. You know, and I, I like I joke with my assistants because I'm like, y'all got it good, man. like y'all get to go home when practice is over you get to you know come in just for the staff meeting in the morning like 90 percent of your job is training athletes when you're running the program that drops to about 40 percent because now you got to manage people you got to develop people you got to like i have a responsibility to develop all the people who i brought here that work with me in strength and conditioning and performance so I got to worry about that. I got to worry about their dynamic at at home. I mean, if they got a problem going on, we've spent so many hours together. It's kind of all of our issue, whether we really know about it or not. We have a you got to develop your players. You got to develop the relationships with them. You got to be a liaison for the coaches. You got to be the voice of the head football coach. You get like there are so many other things that you have to do. And then you look back and go, man. Not that I want to be an assistant because I love running a program, but man, I wish I had have enjoyed it just a little bit more. Yeah, man, you're right. You're right. And then plus, I mean, on top of that, you still got to be, you still got to be a father. You got to be a husband as well too. After that, you know? Yeah. And it's the one thing I've learned with that is it's who you are. You know, people, people are like, well, what about your, you know, how do you separate work and personal life? And I'm like, I don't. I mean, it's a it's a balance, you know, like yeah. I, I'm a, I coach the players the same way I coach my son. It's it's yeah. no different. And and <clears throat> when he's in because we're so close, he comes around like they get permission to kind of do the same thing. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a family ordeal all the way around. But that's what happens when you have great relationships, when you're vulnerable with the people around you, when you're transparent with the people around you like that. That's what you get. Absolutely, man. Some great things, Ryan. Those are, uh, I'm actually, so we got a, uh, we got a team meeting this weekend and uh, we always start off with low icebreaker, whatever it is, man, you know, I'm kind of lighting up the mood and I'm, I'm actually going to take, I I forgot the coach's name that you got, got, got it from, but I'm going to 
we're gonna start with the three H's this weekend. Three H's, baby. Exactly. Yeah, man. There we go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out there this weekend, man. Uh, get a little vulnerable, like you said, which I love doing, man. And I think that's a huge piece right there. You know, I mean, I uh, I think especially within a team, transparency is. I mean, it's huge, man. It's huge. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, especially with the type of facility that we have Ryan here too, you know I mean? Like the team needs to know, man, that, that we live this life as well too. And, and we struggle at home as we do in the gym and stuff, you know what I mean? And I like these guys to know what's going on with us too. You know what I mean? When it comes to me and Cassie, my wife and the kids and the issues that we're having within our doors and stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it just really takes that relationship to the next level at that point, you know? So exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, man. You guys are doing an you guys are doing an unbelievable job, man. And like I said, Rodney, I, I always I'm grateful, man, to get to follow you from afar and really be a fan of it. And and uh, you know, I've commented on some of the people's stuff in the gym there. They're probably like, who is this dude that's commenting on this stuff? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it's it, it's awesome to see, man. It really is. And you guys just keep up the great work. I mean, you're you're doing an unbelievable thing, and I know the people there really appreciate you for it. Well, we appreciate you taking out the time today, man. I know you're a super busy guy, like I said. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I know a few months back, uh, we're fortunate to have your staff kind of give us like a little staff development in service over Zoom, Zoom and stuff like that. So a big shout out to them and their first class, man, the team that you got out there, Ryan. We appreciate you, man. No, I appreciate you guys, man. Keep up the good work. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Thank brother. You, Have coach. a good one. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Appreciate it, man. Later. Later.